someone who starts a company with an idea is going to have a different journey than someone who becomes a CEO through a recruiting effort or because they grew up inside the organization and they got promoted into the role. Our guest today had an amazing idea and turned it into an incredible company. Yasmin Mustafa is the CEO and co-founder of Roar. Their mission is to empower people through technology to help create safer organizations. Yasmin, welcome to How I Turned the Corner. Thank you. I love the name, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> so I'd love to talk with you about your journey and why did you start Roar? For me, it's personal. I am a refugee. I came over to the U.S. when I was eight years old, actually brought by the U.S. government when I was 15 in high school, applying for college. I learned I was undocumented and the clock had reset. Uh, when I was 18, my father decided he was tired of waiting for the immigration system and left the country, unfortunately taking all the family savings with him. Spent about um, 10 years working under the table in the hospitality industry in very unsafe conditions. And all of those experiences of being unsafe in, in very different ways caused me to want to start a company that is focused on protecting others. Oh, so sorry you went through that. But I mean, it's a beautiful idea that you've, that you've created. So can you tell us about the Athena device and like what it does for people? Yeah, the Athena device was the first iteration of the company. So okay. it was a personal safety wearable. We are now focused on workplace safety. So we have these Roar alert devices that kind of look like Apple AirTags uh, that basically act like a guardian angel to anyone in a workplace. So if they're a healthcare worker, if they see um, something suspicious or someone is aggressive and they want to get help, they push this button to get nearby staff security or even 911 to their exact location in the building to make sure that they're protected. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. So how how has it extended into like more workplace safety? I mean, can you just describe, just tell us a little bit more about like, how, how do you bring that into an organization? Well, it's interesting because right now it seems like there's a perfect storm of rising in civility. People are just more rude than they've ever been. There's also mental illness is a record high. Addiction is a record high. So people are coming in with altered minds. And unfortunately, it's the frontline workers that bear the brunt of that. And because of that, especially within healthcare, we have facilities that come to us that are seeing that attacks are rising, nurse nurse turnover is is rising, and, and and burnout. And so this perfect storm is leading them to be much more proactive about what they can do to protect their people. Wow. Such a sad thing that we need this now, but it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It, it really is. Because it's right now we can't keep up with the leads. And I was actually just talking to someone this morning about you can look at that and be like, oh, that's great. But also really, when you really look at it and think about the bigger picture, it's, it, it is sad. Mm -hmm. I wish it wasn't needed. Yeah, I know. That's kind of how I feel about the work I do too. I mean, obviously completely different scale. Um, nobody dies in HR <laughs> where, you know, with, with the work you're doing, it's, it's amazing, but I, I really would like to work myself out of a job. You know, I would really like it to be that they don't need someone like me because the right thing is just happening already. <laughs> And yeah. so it's kind of like what you're you're probably hoping for too on just a different scale. Definitely. And in the meantime, we'll keep doing it to see what we can do to get there, right? Yeah, Hopefully. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, so tell me a little bit about your your staff then and your team. Yeah, we're a team of 18 people. Um, with contractors, we're about 26 people. We're now fully distributed. So since COVID, we've gone virtual. We're actually looking to start hiring now locally in Philadelphia to work back towards an office. Uh, but yeah, we have a small but mighty team. Uh, we have 
been together now for 10 years, which is kind of crazy. So we're entering our 10-year anniversary this year. That's neat. That's great. And I saw on your on your website that, you know, and um, just through the research I did that, that you did become a B Corp. Well, can you tell us a little bit? Of, I mean, I've got a lot of listeners who ask more questions about that. So I'd love to go a little deep around like, what was your motivation for it? What was the process like? How has it benefited you now? So let's start with the first one. Just, you know, what was your motivation for becoming a B Corp? One of my investors was behind the B Corp movement here in Pennsylvania. And that's how I actually learned about it. So wanted to become a B Corp because within our social impact and our vision, wanted to make sure that everything we were doing as a business was aligned with what we can do to do better for our people, our planet, and of course, not just be a for-profit company. And so it was a really easy easy decision from there. What I will say is the process is not easy (laughs) because we we started it in 2015. Uh, I think it took two years to become approved. Uh, It's a very stringent process because you're looking at everything. And, and for us back then, when we were developing our own safety wearable, it was making sure that not just the packaging was recyclable, but where were we ethically sourcing the batteries um, that went into our device and tracing that there aren't necessarily systems that make it easy to do that. Um, how do we make sure that the factories we're using are not utilizing child labor? And it gave us a whole new lens in terms of how to evaluate the <laughs> The folks we work with, which ultimately, of course, ends up being for the business better for the business, um, because we know we're making better decisions um, for for everyone. Um, but the process itself, down to they ask you questions like the type of bulbs you're using in your office, you know. So <laughs> definitely, it was it was a full time job to get that <laughs> to get that submitted. But really happy to have it because it's one thing to say that you know to say something, but it's one thing to walk the walk, and so. That certification allows us to do that. And we were just recertified last year. To be recertified, you have to get a higher score, which we were really happy to get. And especially now that we can show the direct impact our solution has in protecting people. Because we serve in industries where it's mostly women, um, majority women who are underprotected. And what we've seen now, too, is we're not just protecting the workers, we're protecting everybody around them. So one of the top use cases we see our staff members are actually pushing the button to protect a guest or a patient. Um, like in a hotel, it might be a guest who, unfortunately, we heard a story about um, a husband was beating his wife and, and the housekeeper pushed the button to get security there to, to break it up as, as an example. Mm. Yeah, that's amazing. So so with the with the B Corp then, so I mean, I, I've... We started, so I started the process also back in 2018. And then in 2019, as we were starting, we were probably about 80% through. And then I had just a bunch of stuff happen inside our company. And I ended up having, I mean, we ran out of money. I ended up like laying off two thirds of my staff and it was awful. And I just was looking for every corner I could find some dollars in so we could survive. And so I stopped the process. But um, I I learned so much about who I was as a leader, who we were as a team through that process. It was incredible. And we want to do it again. We just need now with um, COVID too, like we went from having an office environment to being fully remote as well. And so I haven't had quite the energy to just get that all launched again. But can you talk about just some of the... So, so I bring all that up because I've got like 
50% of your experience, right? <laughs> and so can you just talk a little bit about like what has been just the benefits of it? Because I get a lot of people asking that question, like, well, why do you want to do it again? And I mean, my first reaction is like, it's just the right thing to do. And it opens up my I, my eyes as a leader. And But I mean, can you just share some of the other side, if there's other benefits you've gotten, I mean, aside from just being the right thing? Yeah. Well, first of all, I did not know that, that you went through that. And it sounds like you came out the other side. So I'm here. <laughs> I can only imagine how tough that was. I, I've gone through um, moments like that and it's it's never easy. Um, never, never easy. And you definitely learn a lot through that experience. But yeah, I would say the other benefits we've had, I mean, outside of, I think, psychologically knowing we're doing the right thing, which I think is important. It has helped us with recruiting. It has helped us in terms of enforcing the message that we are different from others because we're not just a social impact company that is helping protect others. We have the certification to show that we're not just doing what we do for profit, that we do do it thinking of the planet and and people in mind um, as well. And so I think being a triple bottom line company has helped just across the board and it speaks to the education, right? You just talked about all the things that you've learned going through the process. We've learned so much. Um, through that as well. And so I think to sum it up, it's helped with recruiting, it's helped with sales, and it's helped internally as a company knowing that, again, we're not just talking the talk, we're walking the walk. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, so us, you know, my business is obviously a services business. And so we don't have goods and warehousing and manufacturing. But um, can you speak to just the manufacturing experience too? Because I would imagine well, I'm going to make a statement. I'm just curious if this is true. Like when you've gone through the B Corp process, you're picking deliberately the vendors you want to work with. You're making sure that they're doing the right thing. Does that actually also enhance just the manufacturing process? Does it make it easier? Oof. Probably. I, I don't have any data to say that, to be honest, but but probably. We're no longer a manufacturing computer, goodness. Uh, so okay. we used to develop our own wearable. We don't anymore. Now we work with suppliers that have um, uh, technologies that we embed our firmware into, so it's a little bit easier. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would think so. Um, I just don't have any any real data. Yeah, to, okay. Data, yeah. Yeah, I would just think that you know, there's sort of a common, you're in a common tribe together, right? And um, hopefully, and then that might just make the relationship a little bit stronger, even in times of, you know, of stress and strife. So um, did you, yeah. did you, so you didn't notice anything like during the supply chain kind of crisis of the early 2020s? Well, make- we had a hard time getting inventory like everybody else, costs yeah. went up like everybody else, and then the timelines shifted like everybody else. So there wasn't necessarily a benefit we got about being a B Corp. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was just curious. But, but I will say like, I guess one way to kind of think about it differently is when we work with customers and they don't have the budget as an example, and as a B Corp, we feel that it's, it's, we tell them like, if you don't have the budget, let us know. We're B Corp, we'll figure it out. Um, so I, I think it's, it's been helpful to have that certification again, as a, as a reinforcement to people that, it's okay. We're not just thinking about profit as we work with you. Like, we want to make sure that you're truly protecting your people and cost isn't a factor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess rephrasing that sentence, I think it has helped in terms of making sure customers or prospects feel good about coming back to us if, if cost really is an issue so that we can help them do what they need to do to protect their people. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's good. I mean, I, I'm a part of a, so, so Colorado is the most, I'm very biased. I'm sure you're biased about Philadelphia too, but Colorado is the most amazing place to be an entrepreneur. There's just something so magical here in this state to the point to like where like some of the big VC and PE firms are even like paying attention. Like, what are you guys doing in Colorado? Because um, when I started my business, I came from like big corporate and I had no network. I had, I mean, we used to, my husband and I used to joke that we just slept here because we were on the road traveling, traveling globally all the time. And so when I started my business and suddenly I'm like emerged in the local culture. I started realizing just how amazing this place was because I would walk up to pure strangers at networking events or various business events and and they'd say, so what do you do? And I'd say, oh, I help people find and fill jobs or I think that's what I said in the early days. And then they'd say, well, what do you need? And I was like, what do you mean? What do I need? I need leads. I need cash. <laughs> right. But like people would just lay all their cards on the table. And uh, it was just amazing. Mm. And I think what I've also noticed as I've talked to people nationally with this podcast is that the B Corp, here's how I'm tying this all together. Um, the B Corp kind of tribe is a lot like that. And what you just said really made me feel like, you know, kind of how I feel about being a Colorado entrepreneur. And I love that. And I think, you know, for our listeners, if you've ever considered being, you know, becoming a B Corp, I think there's so much more of a benefit to it than just what shows up on your website or even the process. Like you now have a whole new group of people you can lean on. Is that true? Absolutely. Yeah. Anytime I get like-minded community or like-minded people together, there's um, a network effect that happens from yeah. that. And the B-Corp movement is a, is a good one. Their conferences are fantastic. If if you haven't had a chance to go, I think the next one is going to be in April or March uh -huh. in, I think it's in Vancouver. Um, and you get that sense of community, even among strangers, because you haven't met anyone. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, so tell us then what's, what's the plans? Like what's your growth plan over the next couple of years we've doubled last year actually we've doubled every year for the last three years which has been fantastic we're aiming to double again this year although secretly of course i want to triple <laughs> um, so um, the biggest focus we have is being able to see what we can do to expand further into healthcare right now and then we are piloting to see what we can do to get into the transportation um, vertical as well, because what we're seeing is transit workers are unfortunately facing just an unparalleled amount of, of violence. Um, so going from helping protect people above ground to helping protect people underground um, is, is what we're looking at. And then working with partners, because what we've seen is when someone needs a safety solution or a safety plan, a safety solution is a part of it. But what does it mean when you need to get a risk audit? What about de-escalation training? What about other tools that could help enhance staff. And so strengthen relationship with partners and seeing what we can do to work together to help um, our customers is, is a big uh, key focus for us as well. Mm -hmm. That's great. And what will it look like for the team? Like what, what is, what do you think will change and shift with on your team? The biggest thing is working back towards an office. I know mm -hmm. I mentioned this to you a little bit before the podcast. So we've been fully distributed um, since COVID. Um, so we've been hiring all around the country, even outside the country in some cases. And one of the things we've definitely noticed is that there is a loss of connection. Um, I'm sure like everyone else has noticed. And what we want to do is work back towards an office and maintain the hybrid um, idea and, and just make sure that we have a hub where people that are locally can get together to build that connection. Cause I've seen that by not being together, 
things become more transactional. And especially as a company that does what we do, it's so important to make sure that there is that connection, there is that trust so that people are doing their best work without any any stories um, based on tone or a text or a message being built in. And so I'm really, really excited for what that looks like. The team will go to probably about 28 by the end of this year. And then depending on this new vertical and expansion, grow, grow from there. So I'm excited to change things up a little bit and see what we can do to have this hybrid focus amongst mm. the team. Yeah. And what about for you? What what, do, what are your plans for yourself to kind of grow into the leader you need to be? I'm a perpetual learner. I'm always in some class or seminar, or I have two CEO circles I'm a part of where we meet monthly and talk about, you know, the things that we're going through and, and learn from each other. So it's something that I'll keep doing. One of the biggest things for us is I feel like we're going from this startup stage, we're, we're graduating out of startup stage. So making sure that we have the right team members to align with that growth is going to be really important. And every year, I mean, every day I learn something. I make so many mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> I learn so much from the mistakes I made. I, I wish sometimes they'd be less, um, but, but I'm excited to level up my executive team, which I know will level me up as well. Yeah. Yeah. You, I don't know if you can see the sign behind me, but it says, I am not the leader you need me to be a year from now, but I will grow to become that person. <laughs> I did. Because, I like yeah, because you're just, we, none of us are, none of us are the leaders we need to be. And so, but we can keep working at it. And I think it's so important in today's kind of how fast the workforce is moving and changing and adapting that we continue to have that kind of growth mindset. So we're not going to make it if we, uh, you know, think that, well, the way we were led, the way, the way we've always led is going to continue to serve the generations that are coming in. It's just changing so much. Yeah. It's interesting. I think as a kid, um, I didn't, I didn't have a, an appreciation or an ideal view of what, what leadership is. I, I thought it was easy. I thought it was about doing the right thing. I thought it was about having all the answers and it's been interesting evolving into a leader and seeing just how, how much of being a leader is finding the right people to help you find the answer and, and questioning more than um, answering and making a lot of mistakes. It's, it's been my perception of it and the reality of it has, has been so different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, I think that's a perfect place to, to stop our, our discussion here, but it was so lovely to chat with you, Yasmin. And I just thank you for the amazing work you're doing as a, you know, a woman as well, who was almost raped in a garage, in a parking garage. I totally appreciate your device. And, um, I hope mm -hmm. I can get one for my 15 year old daughter because it's terrifying when you're, you know, in a situation where you do not know what's going to happen. So anyway, thank you. Good work that you're doing. Thank you. And I'm sorry that happened. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Well, it happens to women all the time, right? Yes. I mean, it's the saddest thing. So, but I made it. It was fine. It was just scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Of course. Yeah. And we don't sell those devices just FYI anymore. Yeah. The ones that we had now we're focused on workplace safety, but I know there's a bunch of stuff out there and yeah. now even the phone has, you know, that right. emergency notification button. Yeah. I, I think, I think it'd be great to teach men not to rape <laughs> versus getting these tools out there instead. But, um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad that you you were okay. And I hope eventually that is, uh, we should edit this out. I got, I'm rambling. <laughs> yeah, we, no, it's fine. Yeah, no, it's true. It shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen. Yeah. yeah. So, well, thank you. Thank you.